and I want to welcome you to the Beauty Biz Show. I could not be more thrilled to share this episode with you today. I just had the pleasure of interviewing celebrity facialist Joanna Vargas, and she is known for her cutting-edge beauty treatments, all-natural luxury skincare, and red carpet fixture clients. And super exciting, very proud to share with you guys that she has written this book from an esthetician's perspective. It is called Glow From Within. And she shares her secrets in this ultimate lifestyle guide for flawless skin. I actually told her during the show what I thought of the book from a really, really honest perspective. And I know when you grab your copy, you're going to feel the same way. So today, Joanna shares so many fun things. She shared things about her personal life. She shared things about ingredients. She shared what she felt like the first time she worked on a celebrity client. I know you're going to enjoy the show. I'm not going to keep yapping because I know you're going to want to get to this episode and you're probably going to listen more than once. So stay tuned, enjoy it. And if you like the Beauty Biz Show and you want me to keep interviewing awesome guests like Joanna, then please leave a kind review on iTunes as it helps me attract awesome people like this onto the show. Okay, guys, enjoy. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hey everybody, it's Lori Crete here with the Beauty Biz Show, and today I am super excited about my guest, Joanna Vargas. Hi, Joanna. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, how did you get a break in your busy day to hop on the call? I'm honored and excited. <laughs> you know, scheduling for me is always an interesting challenge, but a fun puzzle. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today, and I just in case my listeners, which are mainly beauty entrepreneurs and professionals and estheticians, somebody doesn't know who you are, let's tell them you are located in New York City. Yes, I have. Well, I have two salons. One is in New York City and one is in Los Angeles at the Sunset Tower Hotel. Oh, so how do you split your time? Typically during the year, I will go to LA monthly and just, you know, work for a few days there. But then of course, during award season, things get a little bit more hectic and I'm in LA more than I'm in New York. So where are you from, from? Well, I, I grew up in New Jersey actually on the East coast. Oh, okay. I'm a back East girl myself. You are. I'm from Vermont. Oh pretty. I'm a very confirmed New Yorker. I I'm definitely, I love the opportunity to be bi-coastal, but I, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. 
So I'm just curious. I love to get the backstory. How long have you been an esthetician? Really, probably 20 or so years by now. Okay, awesome. And yeah, when you were younger, what did you think? Okay, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. Was it anything to do with the beauty industry? Well, when I was younger, I definitely was the girl that had the most lip gloss. <laughs> I had I had a lot of different bubble baths and body creams and powders and stuff. I was obsessed with beauty. I subscribed to Vogue since I was, I think, like nine years old. I just loved everything about the beauty industry, but I just didn't know this career existed. So I didn't dream of this, but I feel so lucky that I found it because it I, I'm made for it. How did you find it? Sort of a winding road. I, I went to college in the Midwest. And when I moved to New York after school, I came here wanting to be a photographer, a fashion photographer, I thought. And once I started to kind of poke around in that world a little bit, I realized that my personality wasn't really suited for it. So I was kind of like, okay, back to the drawing board. What am I going to do? And a friend started going to beauty school and it just sounded like a great idea because I always loved products and I thought I would be a makeup artist. But once I started giving facials to people, I just fell in love with the idea of taking care of somebody And, you know, that one-on-one time trying to figure out how to take care of somebody and boost their confidence. And it's what I still love today about facials and and doing what I do. I want to know a little bit what your life looks like. So you have two, I mean, you're bi-coastal, which in itself is a little bit crazy time-wise. Yes. But do you have employees at both locations? And if so, how many? In New York, I have close to 70 employees. And in Los Angeles, I think I have 13. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, and you know, I run the company, my husband and I own the businesses together. So I'm saying I, but it's really we. Wow. How is it working with a husband doing all this stuff? You know, I think at the beginning, it was obviously challenging when we started the first salon in New York, we had a one-year-old baby in the house and we're working very, very hard and trying to define your roles. Even when you're not working with your husband is a challenge, but I think it's been a blessing because nobody knows me better than my husband. You know, we're both very goal oriented. And once we figured out what we were good at and what we could give to the company, which are very different skills. It's been, you know, it's been a pleasure. You know, we come to work every day, but I never see him throughout the workday because I'm doing facials or doing, you know, something with the product line or I'm doing an interview. So we have very different roles. I am just curious because you're probably too busy to even know how many estheticians look up to you and admire what you've built. And I am talking to so many estheticians right now that are really trying to figure out the key to success when it comes to team building. Is there any advice you could give to that person looking to build a solid team to support them? You know, it it has been one of the biggest challenges of our professional career to build a, a team that was really true to the brand, I would say my best piece of advice, you need to hire somebody that that can kind of occupy the same space you do in terms of the goals for the company, that they have their own goals for, for growth. 
you can train anybody to do anything. So a lot of estheticians will reach out and be like, you know, what experience do you require or what school did you go to? I don't value that as much as I value sweetness, kindness, focus on customer service, and and that the people that I hire have their own professional goals. You know, you kind of want somebody or I'm, I always look for somebody who's a go-getter. You know, so this is what I've heard recently. And I owned a spa in Los Angeles that I sold like a year ago. And I wish I would have had this advice. And you tell me if you agree with it. Do not hire solely, probably actually very little on skill set. It's more attitude and motivation. And it sounds maybe that's kind of what you just said in a nutshell, right? It's what I just said in a nutshell. You know, skill set, you can train people to do. Now, there are certain things in aesthetics. I, I don't train people how to do extractions because I think that is just time in the job. You know, you have to do a certain amount of facials and then you get the hang of it and then you're good. But I can teach anybody to do anything. What I can't teach is care, attention to detail. And like you said, motivation, where do you want to be in five years? You should have an answer to that question, you know? And if you don't, I I don't know that you'd be right for my team. You know, you just said something that made me so happy when you said you look for kindness, because when I look at a picture of you, I just see such a nice person. And I'm like, God, I hope she really is when I talk to her. So you've confirmed it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you can't, you can't work in the service industry for all this time and not have that in you. I mean, you'd never survive it if you were just, you know, not interested in giving somebody some heart and some understanding. It's, it's everything that I do, you know, uh, people expose their, their deepest insecurities to me. And I don't take that lightly. You know, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the job. I've been an esthetician myself for 18 years. And there's those clients, you laugh with them, you cry with them, and you need compassion to be successful in this industry, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of, you, if you don't have that, you know, you need to look for something else to do because you clients can tell, you know, if I'm going to expose what I feel most insecure about to you, I want to have an understanding ear receive that information. Especially I had a celebrity clientele in Los Angeles and they used to say to me, thank God, Lori, you're a trustworthy person because I tell you more than I tell my psychiatrist. (laughs) So it's like, we're a vault. (laughs) You have to be a vault. And yeah, I would love to chat about something that I don't hear many estheticians having conversations about publicly. And I think it'd be fun for our listeners. And then I want to dive into your latest accomplishment, which is gorgeous. So let's talk about your first celebrity. You don't have to say the name if you don't want to, but your first celebrity client. And were you nervous? Well, I had done celebrities working for somebody else before. So So that experience, even though it wasn't my salon at the time, I was extremely nervous. I was beside myself (laughs) (laughs) just because I wanted to do a good job and I wanted the person to like me and all of that stuff. In my own salon, the first celebrity that I ever had was a recommendation from an existing client. And for me at that point in my career, I... I wanted to show that person that the word that they had received from their friend was correct and that it was worth coming. And so I kind of was very focused at that time on making sure that I 
that that client who talked about me didn't lose face, you know, that she, she recommended a friend and, and it was worth every minute that they were with me. So I, while I was nervous that it was a so-and-so, I was more focused on making sure that that client was like, oh, you made me look bad. You know, I, I was very focused on what I needed to do. And what I learned over the years from doing celebrity clients is that, you know, you have to take into consideration what the lifestyle of the client is, which, you know, 20 years ago wasn't as significant of a question as it is today. And I learned from that, like, okay, good. Like they're staying up all night doing night shoots. What can I do for them that would keep their skin good, even though the conditions of their life right now are not conducive to having great skin, you know? So it actually made me a better esthetician. Yeah, it's it does make you more aware of client care too, because you there's added pressure, I feel like. At least for me there was. If somebody's in like insuring their nose for a million dollars, you're terrified to do an extraction on it, right? Sure. My biggest lesson was to make them leave looking just as good, if not better than when they came in, even if you are doing extractions and that kind of thing. So it, that taught me to be better at my job as well. The added pressure of it, the exposure, once they leave your room. I mean, even this past award season, I had a client who Oscar morning and the makeup artist pulled me aside. She was there and pulled me aside and was like, listen, she had a facial this week from somebody and the makeup was pilling off of her face. It was a nightmare. You can't do that today. I need this face to be a good palette for what I'm going to do next. And I don't know what you need to do, but you got to make it work for me. And really what I've done over my career is developed a lot of relationships with makeup artists so that I'm giving them the palette that they're expecting when I'm done with that person's face. So what do you do? You just focus on, I know it's got to be customized, but was it mostly hydration? Like I just need this person's skin to regulate a pH balance or... Yeah. And also, you know, on certain, certain products can pill when you start to apply foundation yeah. to it. And so you have to be mindful of like, you know, the consistency of the products that you're going to finish the facial with. You definitely have to hydrate the skin enough so that makeup sits properly on the skin, but not, you know, goop up their face. So the makeup is sliding around. So it's sort of like this delicate balance you have to strike, you know? I visualize you almost dancing around this person as you're applying these products, (laughs) working it in. (laughs) On Oscar morning, the energy is chaotic and nervous and everybody is sort of like dancing around the room trying to make this perfect day for the person who's nominated. So it was a crazy moment. Well, I think for the longest time, I, when you became an esthetician, did anyone even know what it was? People used to ask me if I was an anesthesiologist. I mean, people still don't know what it is. I feel like I have some friends who think I do makeup for, you know, and I was just with some friends of my mother-in-law and they were like, so were you sitting in the Oscars with your clients? Like in the audience, I was looking for you on TV. (laughs) It's just like, no, I don't do that. I'm not there. I don't give facials at the Oscars. Oh my goodness. I did an infomercial with Victoria Principal with her skincare line a long time ago. Like probably, and I swear my dad thought I was as famous as Jennifer Aniston. He would call me every Saturday morning and say, oh my God, you're on TV again. (laughs) Totally did not get what I was doing. 
<laughs> That's so sweet though, isn't it? Oh yeah. He was so proud of me. So it yeah. was fun. I want to know at what point in your career did you decide, okay, it's time to make a skincare line. And I also want to know, do you wholesale your line or is it direct to clients and consumers? No, I wholesale it or wholesaling in everything from Net-A-Porter to Bloomingdale's to smaller boutique spas and salons. Yeah, I wholesale. I'm, it's something that I just really wanted to do. I actually, the year that we opened the salon, the first salon in New York, you know how when you first create your salon, you're trying to find that perfect product line because it's yours, it's your salon, it's your treatments. And I couldn't really find anything that I really loved. And so I actually started looking to create one immediately. I think I created my first product a few years later, but I didn't launch the line until I had five SKUs. So do you ever sleep or are you just like entrepreneurial force? I do sleep. Sleep is very important to me, (laughs) actually. But I'm highly scheduled. You know, when I need to accomplish something new, I work out how, you know, what time slot that's going to occupy. And that's what I do. I always ask people because uh, this just helps me maybe understand the person that I'm chatting with more on and off the podcast. Mm -hmm. I ask, what was your very first job? Did your parents have you go to work when you were 16? My very first job was when I was 16. I was in high school and I worked at a clothing store called The Warehouse, which sold like really cool, like punk style clothing. It was a clothing store from London. I just thought I was the coolest person alive. Oh, did you wear Doc Martens then? I had I I wore combat boots and yeah, and I spent all my money on clothing and it was amazing. It was an amazing revelation to have my own paycheck and to be able to buy my own things. I felt the same exact way. It was so empowering to me. I didn't want to be, you know, the the gal who had to go to my parents every time I needed gas money. I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so much freedom comes with that. So I was really into it. I wouldn't have guessed that for you at all, that you worked in a goth clothing store. <laughs> well, goth was not in the eighties. It was actually punk, but you know, I know we're splitting hairs here. Right. Same kind of look, but yeah, a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> Still wouldn't have guessed punk. <laughs> yeah. I used to go on weekends. There was a punk nightclub in Trenton, New Jersey that didn't card people. And I used to go there for, you know, watching bands play and hanging out and, you know, oh my God, I love being a, a, a pseudo bad girl. I love it. The wild side. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to, like I said, I want to get to your latest project in a second, but I'm always curious when I talk to an esthetician, do you have an ideal client? I call them your BCE, like your best client ever. Is it a skin type? Is it a personality type? Like who are you thrilled when you see this type of person on your book for the next day? Can't wait to come to work. I mean, it's not a skin type. It's more just an attitude, a client that I have made feel so good that she's exuberant to be here and she follows all my recommendations is really and is really satisfied with them and feels like she looks her best and we just have like a rip roaring good time most of my facials if you were sitting outside my facial room you would hear a lot of laughter and a lot of like screaming and you know just us having a party 
during the facial. And I have that relationship with a lot of, a lot of clients. So it's nice, but it starts off that end result starts off with a lot of belief in what I offer professionally. And that makes me feel happy. I'm smiling as you say that. I used to say my spa in LA was the loudest spa in the world because it was the same thing. Like it was fun. And laughter really is an anti-aging medicine as far as I'm concerned. Totally. It it 100% is. A happy person is a beautiful person. I said to one of my clients last week, we got laughing so hard that I said, if I look in the mirror and I have mascara running down my face and look like I have like had a bender, I'm so mad at you. So, okay, let's dive into, and I'm a back East girl, like I mentioned, and I am a no BSer. Like what I say is the truth. Yep. Uh, so yep. I want to tell you, I'm holding your book in my hand. And if I could have ever envisioned a beauty Bible, this would be it. Oh, I think that's it's so kind of you to say. So gorgeous glow from within. So tell Thank me, because writing a book for a busy woman is not easy. How, what inspired you? How did this come about? Tell me all about it. Well, I mean, it's something that frankly, my husband and I discussed for years that it would be so fun for me to write a book and kind of, you know, put pen to paper on all the questions that we always get asked over and over again. And I have found as I've come up in the beauty world that the beauty world, even though we, even though we have the benefit of the internet and all this information and all these bloggers and everything, I feel like that wealth of information has made it really confusing for clients to figure out what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. And so I kind of wanted to just put forward some basics so that people could like, you know, make heads or tail out of the whole thing. And so it was with my husband in encouraging me, you really should do this. You really should do this. You're so good at this. Just think, you know, just make the time for it that I finally sat down and, and decided to do it. You know, you're right. We, all of us are on information fatigue. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I opened your book and I thought, you know, and honestly, I've been an esthetician for 18 years. I thought, oh my God, Joanna has simplified this for me to be able to explain all of these things so easily to my clients. That's so kind of you to say, yeah, I wanted it to be, you know, I didn't think that estheticians were going to buy it. In fact, I was somewhat, you know, you feel so overexposed when you do something that's sort of out of your normal comfort zone. And I didn't know how estheticians were going to take this book at all, but I wanted it to be, I was thinking about the girl that's in the middle of the country that maybe can't afford to buy facials, or maybe she just has a very limited budget on product and doesn't know where to begin, but really wants to do something good for herself. I was thinking about that person, you know? Well, I'm going to make a bold statement for you saying, I think every esthetician should have this in their treatment room so they can easily explain things to their clients because clients are, are getting a lot of the wrong information and this helps simplify it for all of us. Yeah. And I think, frankly, I don't know what your experience was with school. I graduated from school and didn't feel like I knew enough of what I wanted to know about. And, you know, in school, when at least when I became an esthetician, it was very focused on bacteriology and how to not, you know, spread 
germs and spread bacteria and not, you know, make one pimple turn into five on someone's face. And I really wanted more information on how, how to be my best self for my clients. And it it took a long time to acquire that information. Well, and things have changed. I remember going to trade shows in the early 2000s and they were overwhelming because there were so many advancements taking place in our industry. Yeah. So yeah, being in school, you learned how to pass your state board and about sanitation, basically. I felt like, gosh, I I was burning my own face off in school with glycolic peels, like chunks of skin missing. So, Well, glycolic was, was popular when I became an esthetician too. And I can recall... And this is something that motivated me to, to learn more and to be better. I, I remember the first job I ever had as an esthetician, glycolic peels were an add-on. And so you, of course, had to try all the treatments when you first got hired. So someone did a glycolic peel on me and I broke out in cystic acne. And the esthetician who did it on me was like, better out than in. That was all under your skin. Now it's coming out. And I had never had a cyst in my life, you know? And so I was like, okay, sure. You know, cause I just thought she knew better than me. And so I let them do it to me again. And it wasn't until the second time that it happened that I realized I'm allergic to glycolic, but I didn't know any better. And I just trusted her and I feel clients, you know, want to know more and they want to, they want what we say to make sense to them or else they feel like, God, what's going to happen to me, you know? And so that was another reason why I kind of spent so much time to try to explain everything. Uh, This is probably going to be like asking you to pick a favorite child, but is there an ingredient that you're obsessed with right now? It is kind of like picking a favorite child. I'm glad you said that because it is so that. I guess my favorite ingredient of all time is probably vitamin C because it's so universal. I like it because it's an anti-inflammatory, but it's also so good for you know, as an antioxidant, it's very anti-aging. It protects against, you know, sun damage and, and all of that. So I, I like that it's sort of a, a universal healing product. And you talk about all these things in the book as well. I do. How long did it take you to write the book when you finally got focused and sat down and said, okay, I'm going to make this happen. The first draft took about four months, which isn't very long. It just sort of started spilling out. And I also had, you know, just to put it in perspective, I I had written a lot of blog posts. I had also given a lot of master classes and done a lot of speeches to, to groups of people. So I, I kind of had sort of an outline for the book for a long time that I was utilizing for other things. So it wasn't like I just had to you know, invent out of the blue what I was going to say because I kind of had sort of points that I wanted to mention. And certainly I wanted to explain treatments because I get asked that all the time. And, and then I, you know, also as an esthetician, I read a lot of misinformation, a lot of people with like very irresponsible marketing or very loose use of certain terms that I wanted to kind of like, you know, clarify for people. If somebody's listening in and wants to buy your book, can you just give them where they like a spots I see here, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Do you sell it on your website? I don't sell it on my website, but Barnes and Noble, Wonder Books, lots of independent bookstores bought it. You can, you know, a lot of Barnes and Nobles in New York and Los Angeles have them in store. 
but certainly you can get it online as well. You guys, it's so pretty. I, I've had it on my coffee table in my living room since I got it right next to Oprah's Aww. book. So how about Aww. that? <laughs> I, I like that. That's good juju for me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to ask you a few more personal questions if you don't mind. Okay. So how'd you meet your husband? Cause you say such nice things about him. I'm just curious. I met him through mutual friends some years ago. Ironically, we didn't totally love each other at first meeting. It took us a while to warm up. He thought I was snobby (laughs) and I thought that he was sort of like, you know, I'm Latin, I'm Mexican. And I thought he was very typical Latin guy who thought he was God's gift to women. Oh my goodness. So so funny. It took us, it took us three years to have a normal conversation with each other. But once we did that, we got engaged very fast. He asked me to marry him after I think we'd been dating like three weeks. Oh, he's like, she's not so, what'd you say? Stuck up? Snobby. And snobby. <laughs> <laughs> so what was his background before he found his way into the beauty world, supporting you and helping you build your biz? He was a business consultant. He oh. used to teach dentists mostly how to expand their practices and how to hire people and stuff. So you know, I basically just took over his life after we got married. Lucky you. I mean, a good guy and that kind of background to help you grow your empire. That's awesome. It totally, it was a, the right stuff that I didn't know. You know, I knew how to be a good esthetician. I knew how to create a great treatment. I didn't really know much about marketing and all of that stuff was really, really hard for me because I, I just thought like, you know, he wanted me to the first, I remember when social media became a thing and he was like, I want you to, you know, open a Twitter account and start tweeting skincare tips. I was like, who the heck is going to read that? And then, you know, of course I, what did I know? So dumb. Luckily I had him to help me with that. I just thought like, who's going to be interested in that? No one's going to follow me. Well, he proved you wrong there, huh? Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) So I am curious about, is there anything that keeps you up at night? People really want to know, I think, the Joanna Vargas outside of the treatment room. And these are just fun things that make people realize, hey, she's human, just like I am. Is there something that keeps you up at night? I mean, I think anything to do with my children, you know, like my son's in high school, school stuff, you know, business stuff tends to worry me less. But like if... I have attention on a client that that'll certainly keep me up all night, but really it's mostly kid things, you know, like if something's going on at school with one of my kids, then that, that usually makes me worry. How old are your kids and how many? I have two children. My son is 14 and my daughter is seven. My middle child is the salon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And I bet you anyone with kids feels the same way about their business. It is not for the faint of heart owning a business. No, no. <laughs> and you know, I I will say that like a lot of people you know have the fantasy of of opening their own place especially when they work for people and I just say you you know it's not for everybody. You you really have to have so much of so much patience and endless well of compassion and and endless well of you know, strength, because it really is very difficult to run a company. You know, it's no joke. I thank goodness for my, my first real job out of college. And I was a flight attendant 
and you had to figure everything out at 41,000 feet in the air. And I utilized that mindset. So hardcore owning my spa in LA. Yeah. Share something with you that I used to do because it's stressful. Before I would walk in every day, I would stand at the front door, take a big deep breath in and say, thank you for this opportunity. And that got me through some of my days. Totally. When your air conditioning falls through the ceiling or when your toilet overflows. Just anything. I mean, it's just like some days you just feel like, am I being punked? Is this like on TV right now? But you just have to breathe through it. And I, I do practice like thinking before I speak because, you know, speaking first isn't often your friend in those moments. Yeah. You have to be strong. So is there anything that makes you happy cry? You know, I think I, I think I was happy crying about the book before it came out. You know, I think something that I talk about in the book is kind of like looking at yourself in the mirror and being in the practice of appreciating yourself a little bit and thinking something good about yourself instead of looking at the mirror and kind of like ripping yourself to shreds about what you don't like, which is sometimes what people tend to do when they look at themselves in the mirror. It was a real accomplishment for me to write it. And I used to joke with my friends that every time I edited the book, I I was ready to rip myself to shreds every time and be really critical because I was, I was, I didn't want estheticians to feel disappointed in me that I had, it was too fluffy or, you know, I got something wrong. And every time I read it, I was proud of myself and that says something. I'm normally, I can be quite critical as well of myself, but I I really am proud of it. I really, I feel like it honors who I am as an esthetician and who I am as a person. And like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm Mexican, I'm Latin. And I think that I included a lot of, you know, recipes in there because it's tradition in my family. And I think in many Latin people's families to use home remedies and so forth. And I feel like it honors all of that. I say quite often that we all have a profitable passion in this industry. And it sounds like just writing this, you shared part of your beauty biz soul. And I don't think you should be worried about what anyone else thinks because it's gorgeous. It's well done. And it's part of who you are. And you're right. That's something to really be proud of. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an acquired skill. So maybe it's too soon to ask you this, but any next big projects coming up? Because <laughs> you seem like you, you just keep them coming and keep them going. I, my next real big thing is that I'm launching a device, you know, an at-home device for the face sometime this spring, which is my first foray into that category, which is really exciting for me. And again, you know, because I have a critical eye, I didn't want to just put my name on something. I want to develop develop something that was special and different and that I felt like was really worth the investment that people would make in it, you know, because people trust me and trust my word. And and that means something to me. I can't wait to see what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited about it. Very nice. I wish I still lived in LA. I moved actually to Palm Springs. I'd come get a facial from you next time you're out here. Oh, that's so lovely. I've always wanted to go to Palm Springs. It's on my, it's on my list. Okay. Well, if you're ever here, I have a casita set up like a spa. I will gladly give you a facial. So you let me know. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I'll I'll hold you to it for sure. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up because I know how busy you are, but Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share two or three success tips to our listeners, which are mostly our fellow estheticians. 
So the most important thing is never stop learning. You know, I try to keep my skills fresh. I try to stay abreast of what's happening in the industry. I try to learn more about ingredients. I feel like people have a tendency to get into a rut with product and and services. And I think, you know, expanding your knowledge and diving into the science of things has helped me tremendously. I get a lot of questions from people like, you know, what machine do you use for this? What what do you do for that? And and I would say it's not so much the exact machine that has made me successful, but just the fact that I I really learn everything that I can learn about the technology to clients. So I feel confident in it and I know what it can do and that I can deliver the exact same treatment to every client that I that I touch with it every single time. So it's just sort of redirecting your your efforts instead of like the brand names of stuff like into the science of things and challenge yourself. When I first, you know, started researching LED light, I read the original, you know, the original studies that were conducted with NASA's money, with all of those doctors that studied the effects of LED. So I really understood it because it was a big investment for me at the time and I didn't want to blow it for my clients. And that's what led to me getting the patent on my LED bed, you know? And then I guess my, so that's sort of like one or two tips mixed into one. And the other thing that I would say is, you know, try to focus on delivering treatments that are so above and beyond what people expect, they have to tell a friend. It's how I built my entire salon. I started out in one room with just me and my husband to growing the New York salon to 70 people, 17 treatment rooms, open seven days a week. And really that was, that was my mantra. I wanted to give you such a great facial that you came out of that room bursting and you had to tell your friends, you had to tell your mom and your sister. And that's, that's how I did it. Oh my gosh. I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, if somebody listening in wants to learn more about you, will you just share your, your website, your URL? It's joannavargas.com. Instagram is at JV skincare. And my personal Instagram is joannavargasnyc. Glow From Within has a lot of me in it. So you could just read that too. I'm going to give a shout out right now. Glow From Within, Joanna Vargas. And I have a, actually my notes right here. You can find it at on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Hudson Booksellers, just to name a few. It is gorgeous, you guys. Gorgeous. It, it really is. I like to, it looks like if there were such a thing as a beauty Bible, this would be it. So nice work. It's Thank gorgeous. You. If you're ever in Palm Springs, seriously, now you have my email. It's I would love date. to give you a facial. We all deserve it's them, right? Date. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I want to say thank you again for showing up. And you were so lovely. A yes right away when I asked you to be on the show. So I appreciate that. I appreciate people like you leading the way for us and making this profession something that we should all feel proud of. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, Joanna, have an awesome day. Again, thanks for your time. You too. Take care, Lori. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of The Beauty Biz Show. 
If you enjoyed the show and you would take the time to leave a kind review over on iTunes, that is very much appreciated. And if you find you are left craving more beauty biz inspiration and success tools, then you're going to want to head over to beautybizclub.com, which is the premier online success academy where talented practitioners go to maximize their potential and to become booked perfectly. Again, that is beautybizclub.com. And it would be my pleasure and my honor to help you tap into your highest potential in the beauty industry. 